Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non-League Podcast, a show that's been a fortnight in the making, so it best be bloody good. Uh, sponsored as always by Workforce Dimensions Limited. I assume Sam's back in the country, but I haven't heard much from him. Uh, maybe he's got lost over there in whatever seedy club he was hanging out in. Anyway, uh, as always, I'm John Phipps, the reason why you've been waiting to, to have our show arrive. And on the line now is a man who, from his tone, uh, was incandescent with rage that I took some video footage at a gig last night. Mr Matt Gerard, you don't like this modern life very much do you well if you go to see a pop concert you're like five feet away away from these people i've never heard of i've got a nice time and you've got your phone out a video come on what are you gonna do that you're gonna go oh, show everybody you see look at this who i went to see no ridiculous no no i think it's just annoying like, it's like people at football isn't it or it's a penalty or a bird taking through me watch it rather than not being in through your phone I, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I, I see a lot of people who, who have their phones out all the time at gigs and, and it's a bit too much for me. But last night I had a couple of friends who, who wanted to come but couldn't make it and, and so on. So, I wanted so you're to basically them, rubbing it in that you were there and they weren't? No, I wanted to send them little mementos because, like, the band I went to see was Biffy Claro, my, said... my favourite band. And me and the two lads who I was sending the, the videos to, we used to go and watch them loads up at university they're our favorite band so you know i wanted them to feel a part of it and that was all it was and then that particular song have you identified it yet why i sent you the video no. does it play on that football thing we do on mondays yes it 90 does. seconds in 90 minutes yes all right, okay. so that and i thought oh but all they're gonna do is watch it and go oh and then delete it and i'm gonna keep it for posterity are they <laughs> I don't care. I, I, I wanted them to, to feel a part of it. And they both messaged uh, me back and were very grateful. So, you know, it's... So when the gets a penalty, I should video it and send it to you. Would you watch it? Absolutely, yeah. Especially if it's like that one against... In fact, you did send me a video of it from the Ebbs Fleet no, game. No, I didn't. Yeah. So it's all yeah, right, it's all right when your mates, yeah, when your other mates do it, but when I do it, oh, no, it's all wrong. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, it's true, it's true. Nice holiday. Oh, lovely. Very nice and, and hot, which means the fact I've come back to absolutely torrential rain every single day uh, has not made it much fun. Yeah, it was lovely. It was it was really nice. Um, yeah, nice sunny days. I think it went up to about 30 degrees one, one day and uh, we had to walk. So we just kind of mooched around and did our own thing and had a bit of a chill. And yeah, it was it was nice. It was uh, I obviously missed talking to you uh, Monday and Wednesday. But, um, you know, I, I got by. So, uh, but I've got to tell you about the. Um, I've got to tell you about the flight home. So, um, in the morning, it said on on the app of the airline um, that we went with. Uh, I'll give you a clue. It's one of the budget ones, and it's not the one that rhymes with Brian Air. Um, but on the app for this company, uh, the one again that doesn't rhyme with Brian Air. Um, they said the flight the flight was about an hour and a half late. So we we pushed our taxi back to the airport. Then it went, it was on time, and it was like, oh, well, we're better, but we still went later. Then we got there, and it started getting delayed and delayed delayed. I think we eventually took off about 40 minutes late, something like that. Uh, we were due to land at, at 10, 10 to 12, and, you know, they always add a bit on, so the flight's supposed to be two and a half hours. Well, it's never been two and a half hours between uh, Gatwick and Alicante in all the times I've been going there. Anyway, we eventually landed at midnight, and at 20 to 1, I was still sat on the plane in my seat. Because we needed coaches to take us back to the terminal, right? And there were no coaches available because they would see not they were dealing with another flight. And what made it worse was, you know, it wasn't like one of these ones where I thought, like, you know, after we've been waiting so long, it'd be like really funny if we were just like, you know, thirty seconds on the coach. Oh, ha ha! You could have walked that in in that time. We were miles away. I wouldn't say they gave us a bad slot when we landed, but there was a Thomas Cook plane nearer to the airport than us, and they went bust last month. Was it, you know when the plane lands and then everybody gets up straight away don't they yeah. trying to go pinging so people just well people were miffed because when they go up and take all their luggage down from the holders well they miffed they had to oh yeah because it's it's like you know you've got to be the first person off the plane you've got to be the first person yeah yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah oh yeah there were people who just got up and stayed stood up whereas I was and because I was sat by the window anyway I was like, well, I can't go anywhere I can't get out into the aisle so I'm just stuck yeah. here so I just sat there that, and, that's pretty annoying people like that on planes I find I find oh, I, yeah, I generally just find people no, annoying full stop if I'm honest I'm with you mate I'm with you yeah. so um, if it was just the Matthew Gerrard world plus my family of course uh, I'd be quite happy yeah everything, everything little things annoy me a lot particularly about travel as well as I know when I travel at Sunday Wells but 
at least it didn't chuck it down on the way back but there is road closures coming up and I'm like oh god but yeah road closures road closures is a big bugbear of mine for no apparent reason I think they seem to basically blame it on Brexit all the time so yeah. that, well that could be coming to an end so yeah but that's that's, that's my bugbear but yeah I missed it last week John Wednesday what did I do Wednesday uh, not a lot really well you're a Jills fan now aren't you so you're watching Jills yeah today. I actually did, did do my Jills preparation the, the county's only football league team uh, <laughs> and I was there against Portsmouth uh, you've got your Chelsea I've got my Jills you see yeah. maybe we're just going too Billy big time for the Kent non League podcast <laughs> we outgrown the Kent non League podcast yes for my one game of the season for the Jills <laughs> which probably wasn't much better standard than the National League I would say wow there you go but you said it was nice to go to a proper stadium is there something wrong with Crabble yeah it hasn't got 18,000 people in it um yeah, it was. Uh, the thing is, I missed out though, because normally I don't even get a cup of tea at Crabble, so that's fine. Went into the media area, didn't know where I was going, and there was like food everywhere. So I thought, oh, I'll come back for that. But I got a bit delayed. So I missed out on all the free grub. So you don't get that in non league grounds. Went to the football league grounds, and I missed out on sausage rolls, sandwiches, and things like that, because I was stuck in the back of the stand. I thought, oh, I'm not going anywhere here. So I missed that. But no, I did enjoy it. It was. It was uh, a good experience apart from the game very good but yeah mate but I'm still my love was constantly checking the uh, the non-league scores as well John so um, you've got your Champions League I've got my League 1 but we still <laughs> well, love the scaffold we'll be talking about why you weren't checking one particular score uh, later on in the show uh, also this weekend uh, I had a uh, self-taught crash course in the art of plug fixing uh, after some guests lovely people uh, somehow pushed the plug down and it wouldn't come back up so i had to unscrew the whole u-bend to sort it out as, as an initial fix and then the following day i had to go and buy and fit a brand new plug how about that to be honest my DIY skills are pretty poor my wife does a lot of these things because she's worried that i not do it correctly but I'm impressed with that mate you've done a lot of stuff at the hotel and I know my father-in-law had his hotel he did a lot of the work yourself so and he's quite handy so respect to you in the fullest so do you feel your DIY skills have improved immensely well they couldn't have got much worse <laughs> but the, the thing is I, I'm one of these people that if I, I, I wouldn't do it because I'm scared I'd break it I'm like oh no I don't know what I'm doing and I'll get a bit flustered so I'm not very good with my hands and thinking about the, well, things like that of taking new bends apart and stuff. I'm like, oh God, no, I've got a clue. Well, I think she's just out of earshot, um, uh, but let's just say there was no confidence that I'd be able to do this job inside. Uh, that's so, yeah. so, but I, I admire you immensely because you did it, and I, I wouldn't even think about doing it, or I'd get flustered, or and after about half an hour, it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And it annoys me so. Google is That's your friend. That's like life in general, to be honest. Google yeah. is your friend. It's yeah. our 95th yeah. episode this week, and that is the racing number of Lightning McQueen in cars. Apparently, this number is a reference, or Easter egg, as people much cooler than us would say, to the year Toy Story was first released. Now, I'm a fan of Toy Story, although I've not seen number four yet, and I don't really have any desire to. But DVD's out next week. And, um, no, I've never watched any of it. I've well, never to seen be honest, it. I read a little bit of the Wikipedia entry for it um, earlier on today, and... I don't wish to, you know, diss the good people of, of uh, Pixar because, you know, they might want to give us some money and sponsor us one day. But um, it sounds a little bit far-fetched to me because um, basically this car has a personality and a girlfriend. Do, do, are they going to um, play about with their exhausts and end up with little baby cars or something? Uh, I'm a bit confused. I know people who haven't got cars, haven't got a personality and haven't got girlfriends. So uh, completely opposite to the whole world. Hmm. Indeed, yes, but uh, yeah, it, it, in one instance... I've never seen that, but the kids have never been into that, so, you know, I've got girls, so they weren't interested in In the first so, one, no, Lightning McQueen is apparently ordered to repave a road. I mean, he's a racing car, he hasn't got that ability, has he? I mean... Oh, I did like Rory the racing car, that was another, that was a total, that was probably the British version, which was uh, narrated by uh, Peter Kay. But Rory the racing car, but that's the only car thing I've watched kids so. I wouldn't. But I, won't be, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch Rory. Whatever. Yeah, would you say Lightning McQueen? Whatever it's called. Cars. Yeah. No. Well, just so, just search Lightning McQueen enough. on Wikipedia at some point when you when you've got nothing else to do, um, and uh, read through a bit of his character. He's a car. Um, right. Uh, I, th I think let's talk about some real life things then, uh, Matt. So let's start with the FA Cup. Uh, when we last spoke to you two weeks ago. We were waiting to see how many of our teams would make it into the fourth qualifying round. It went pretty well, all told, with only Craig Wanderers falling at the third qualifying round hurdle. 
So that leaves with seven teams in the final qualifying round on Saturday. Just one game away from potentially playing Sunderland, Portsmouth, Matt's favourite team, Gillingham, um, Forest Green Rovers, or, or even the winners of Bowers and Pitsy versus Chichester, or Royston Town v Morden and Tiptree. That's the stuff dreams are made of in the FA Cup. Um, to further complicate matters for us, three of the seven teams also have other big news for us to discuss this week. So let's start with the game where I will be on Saturday, which is Dartford against Kingstonian. Uh, the Darts beat Blackfield and Langley 4-1 in the, fourth quali- in the third qualifying round. And then before Saturday's 1-0 win in the league at Oxford City, they appointed Steve King as their new manager. Uh, Tony Berman took charge of that win. So King's first game is going to be that FA Cup tie against a team from a lower league at home. Uh, a big game and a chance for Steve King to put a marker down. Yeah, I, I was quite surprised they went for, for Steve King, to be honest, because I know Dartford were looking to go away from the, the template they've had over the last few years, you know, with Tony Berman being there for a long time and the players coming in, who, the previous management who played for the club. Steve King is a good manager. There's no doubt about that. I think he's probably managed the most games in the National League South. Uh, he knows the league at the back of his hand. He got well into the playoffs last season. Is he a long-term appointment for Dartford? Um, you look at his record, he didn't stay there maybe a year to 18 months at a certain amount of clubs. So, But he will galvanise the squad. I'm sure they'll move up the table and it's a good chance for him to get them into the first round of the FA Cup, which has been a good competition for them over the last few years. So I, I was quite surprised he got the job, Steve King. Um, I don't think he really breeds the youth, which Dartford have done before, but Tony Berman will be controlling that. But... Um, a solid appointment um, and they'll be desperate to get into the National League um, in a year so maybe it's an appointment for the next 18 months to see what he can do and maybe get them back into the National League but good luck to him um, and you know you're going to get solid organised sides who are not they're doing it'll be interesting if he brings in the players that he's worked with before because that has been a sort of a hallmark of his managerial reign at other clubs yeah it's um, apparently uh, Brad Quinton and Bobby Wilkinson were also in the hunt for that job as well as uh, we understand Jay Saunders as well. Um, and the Dartford... Not Scott Lindsay, though. <laughs> no, we'll talk about him later as well. Um, but the Dartford, Dartford team very positive about this appointment. But, you know, he is certainly a man who knows this level, knows how to get a team into the playoffs at this level. But it, it's that next step, isn't it? And, and Dartford have got the potential. And, you know, let's be honest here. You look at the clubs that he's managed, Steve King, and he's had great success everywhere. But I don't think many of the clubs that he's managed are bigger clubs than Dartford. Yeah, Wise Hockey was with Macclesfield, I suppose, wasn't it, for a bit? Uh, well in. Where else has he been? Lewis. Eastbourne. Lewis got them into the National League. Eastbourne, Eastbourne yeah. So. You know, but I think the potential, so, yeah, yeah. The potential so, yeah, yeah. of Dartford is massive. I think it is. You know, if they do well, you can get 1,500 every week. They've got a nice ground, well run off the pitch. Yeah, so I think it's. Uh, he's probably been at clubs before that have had financial difficulties and I don't think Dartford are a club that would get into financial difficulties the way they're run. So, um, yeah, I think it's uh, It's probably a good challenge for him, I'm, I'm sure. And I, and I think he'd be absolutely delighted to get the job. Will they get in the playoffs this season? Well, you never know in this division, so he'd go on a bit of a run. FA Cup priority, I presume, if they lose, he's going to say, oh, it's disappointing, we'll concentrate on the league. If they win, he'll be picking up saying, right, who do we want the next round? So maybe a free hit for him at the weekend, but you'd have thought that that's too much to beat Kingslonian. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they are down in 17th, but they are only nine points off the playoff places uh, so far. And it has been a, a difficult start, but th- they, of their three wins... Uh, Two of them have come in the last three matches, so they've sort of turned the corner. And, and Tony Berman has, has left it in in quite good hands. And, and the game against Kingstonian on on Saturday, you know, it's it's it's, it's a friend. It's it's a it is a, almost a free hit, but there will be expectation that Dartford do beat the team who are 14th in the league that uh, in the uh, Isthmian Premier Division. Uh, they haven't won a game at home all season so far. I can tell. In fact, they've only won two games all, all season. So. The expectation... They had a cracking result in the previous round, though, didn't they? 4-1 at Reston, wasn't it? That was a good result. So. Yeah, but the expectation will be go, so. that Kingstonian will will triumph, that Dartford will beat Kingstonian. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I expect Dartford to beat Kingstonian. Yes, I, I know. I don't know if the Kingstonian manager. Kingstonian had gone through some managers. Brennan, didn't they? From uh, Brennan for a while, but to... he's now gone to Wealdstone. Uh, I don't know. Is it Craig Edwards, the manager there? He was. Been also gone, I think. 
Let's, uh, is it? Um, uh, it's Hayden Bird, uh, I think, is the manager. The guy who was at. Uh, oh, Briggs Bromley. Uh, the guy who was at Mercer for years. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's. Well, I, I, again, I feel sorry for Kingstonian in some ways because AFC Wimbledon, this, which is a you know we can go for a long conversation now. I know we've got AFC Wimbledon people who listen in on this. I feel sorry for them because Kingstonian were a good club. They won the trophy twice early in the two thousands. AFC Wimbledon come in and basically there goes their ground. So. I feel a bit sorry for Kingstone, and I know people will complain, oh, you can't be sorry for AFC Wimbledon, but in some part of me thinks Kingstonian have had a bit of a hard deal here. Well, yes, you may well say that. Let's move on. Do you think that as well? Yeah, I think so, yeah, because they, they, you know, they were settled, they had their own home, and then all of a sudden it's become, um, it, it's not their home, and, and that's, that's, that's really sad. I don't know what will happen yeah. to it when... Um, Wimbledon move on but time will tell with that one uh, now while Dartford are no longer in the hunt for a new manager Ebbsfleet United now are after sacking Gary Hill last week uh, they host Hill's former club Woking on Saturday again the interim manager Kevin Watson says is the toughest they could have asked for I know you love both Ebbsfleet and Woking dearly Matt so uh, what do you make of that tie? I think it's a good one Woking haven't won about nine games have they so um Again, another free hit for Ebsley. Watson, I know you're convinced that Watson's going to get the job. And the more I think about it, it's a he sort of came in from nowhere as Gary Hill's assistant. And then a week later, Gary Hill's gone. And Kevin Watson's got the, the task of the job. So I think a result against Woking, which is feasible because Woking aren't playing particularly well. They've got a few injury problems that maybe could work in Watson's favour. Um, he was only working at Hungerford. He's worked with Teddy Sheringham before. I think he's a respected coach. You know, he's he's want to wanted to play football to get out of the problem, and they're in six points inside the drop zone. Maybe not the way forward, but that's my thinking. But yeah, it's a free hit for him if they get a result in the first round. Then draw away at Portsmouth, my favourite other team in the football league. Um, that's a bit of money for him. So yeah, yeah. It's a, I, again, I fancy absolutely to get through against them. So um, from that point of view, I think they'll have enough to. To, to beat Woking, who are struggling a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Watson obviously is the former Spurs uh, midfielder, uh, played for, played in the Intertoto Cup, uh, and then has played also played for Swindon, Rotherham, Colchester for a long time. Uh, and as you say, he's, he's had a, a decent coaching managerial career, not necessarily at this level, but for me, I guess the writing for Gary Hill was on the wall when Watson came in anyway, but why would they have moved to bring him in if they weren't looking long-term? Because... You know, he was, I think he was quite quite happy at Hungford. It might have been a bit of a trek for him to go down there. But I think that there's no reason why he would go to Ebbsfleet if they, if they knew that they were going to be sacking the manager a week later and not giving him the job. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I'm coming around to your thinking now, John. Okay. We've seen football, finally after 95 episodes, I'm coming around to your thinking. <laughs> I think football is a bit like this. When people come in, I don't know if he came out of, but I don't know what happened to Hendon. Watson came in. If if you Gary Hill, you're a little bit miffed if if you did appoint Kevin Watson and he gets the job from that point of view. I would have thought, but that, that's football for you. But yeah, I think um, maybe it's his to lose in that position. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, uh, Ebbsfleet uh, lost on Saturday. Uh, their fourth league defeat in a row. Uh, they are still bottom of the national league table. Uh, Ten points in their seventeen games, but they are only six points outside of the uh, away from the safety zone, uh, with Sutton on 16 points there, uh, just at the top. Outside the relegation, are you falling asleep there, Matt? Sorry, mate, sorry, yeah, I was having a yawn there, apologies. I had four hours sleep last night, so I think you should pipe down over there. Uh, This will perk you up. Next up is uh, Dover Athletic, who go into their tight Weymouth on the back of a match abandoned at Barrow. Uh, Nice war of words after that one as well, with the whites delayed after someone sadly died on the railway near to Milton Keynes. Uh, Quite how Barrow think that's uh, Dover's fault. I, I don't know, but it's all unsavoury, Matt. And another northern club in this league, you're a lot of made friends with this season. Yeah, it seems to have quietened down a little bit because um, Richard Harvey, the kit man, had, uh, you know, was abused by that, and uh, they've sort of apologised. But from, from Barrow's point of view, uh, I think Dover have looked at this. They've travelled on the train a long time. A lot of the Dover players are based in London, so it's easy to get to London rather than meeting up on a coach and driving somewhere from that point of view. It's a, a terrible state of affairs with a poor person who died. Other clubs have had um, issues, didn't they? I think Dagenham's game was off and somebody else's game was off. So, yeah, I think and they were travelling on the train. So, yeah, it, it's a real start. I think because it was non-league day, the patronising day for, for supporters, um, 
like Barrow had a big bench cloud and they've been doing well in the league. So they may be a little bit miffed in there, but I think there's nothing they can really do about it. And Dover will have to go on a Tuesday, which, you know, is a bit of a trek on a Tuesday and probably cost them money because they'll have to definitely have to stay up because there won't be a train coming back. Well, they won't be able to get a refund on those train tickets, I'm sure. No, no, you don't think they will? No, I wouldn't have thought so, no. So it's cost them money on this. They might have got a bit of delay repay, but I I think um, the initial Barrow were obviously upset and they obviously had microphones shoved in their faces, etc. after the game and they were obviously frustrated by it all, but... You know, some of the reaction was over the top. And I think that the quote I heard from Ian Everett, the manager, where he said, well, we wanted to be good at home. We didn't realise we'd be so good. Teams don't want to come. You know, Dover didn't not want to come. It was just a pure coincidence. And it's not as if it's the first time it's happened. You know, if they had that game a couple of years ago, we had Richard Harvey on the show um, when they got delayed on the way home and didn't get home till three, four o'clock in the morning. So, you know... There are problems, and it's not as if it wasn't the only game that was called off because there were two other games in the division called off as well. So you, you know, I think it's it's glad that it has kind of quietened down and it has been reined in a little bit, and that apologies have been made, and hopefully there won't be any bad blood when the game is replayed. And, and you were telling me that that's got to be within the next six weeks as well. Well, yeah, I'm led to believe that in the National League, you've got to if a game gets postponed, you have to play it within the next six weeks. You can't organise this for. Um, the end of March or whatever when the weather could be better yeah so I'm let's believe they have to arrange it within six weeks to do it so six weeks so a week before Christmas Dover could be going to Barrow what a what a lovely trek that would be that is the stuff that dreams are made of he's a made for in December yes so um, (laughs) yeah but one of those things unfortunately so I don't don't think it's been rearranged yet but they're probably looking at it if Barrow and Dover go out the FA Cup they could probably arrange it for the Saturday of that so of course, we don't. We want. We we don't want one of those things to happen. Well, no, we but you're quite convinced that um, even though you know a winnable tie, you've been really good away from home against a team in the league below. I look at that and think, yeah, you'll be quite happy with that draw. You are not quite so confident. Are you? Yeah, I think it's um, a banana skin there, John. Um, <laughs> my best John Watson impression there. That was terrible. Um, yeah, exactly. Weymouth unbeaten in eight. Got some good players. Vociferous home crowd. Saw Dover's last away performance, which was pretty poor. Um, they haven't played since then. A little bit nervous. Uh, I, I, I think if you'd have offered me a, some ties in this, who do you want? Weymouth would probably be one of the ones at the top, I think. Not the greatest tie we could have had. Um, and I will be a little bit nervous going there. It'll be interesting to see where Andy Essenthaler, he's had, he'll have 10 days to stew over the Aldershot result. I'm sure there will be changes for the Barrow game. Will he make the same changes for the Weymouth game? But it, it's a tough time, probably out of all our Kent sides, I'd be concerned about my boys the most. Well, there you go. That's uh, tough times then. You're, you're, you're confident they get through then? Well, I just think that your away form's been so good. And, you know, Dover are the sort of team that... I'm trying to think of a, a, a different way of saying this where I don't have to use the bleep machine. No, I'm just going to do it. Um, Dover are the sort of team who've always enjoyed going and pissing on other people's chips. <laughs> In a good way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully when I, they'll be having plenty of tomato sauce this weekend for that. So, um, yeah, yeah, well... I, I just... I, and I don't know Dover's record in the FA Cup. I know he's been decent over the last few years, but I've seen us lose to... Not very good sides in the fourth qualifying round, making me very angry. So, I just yeah, it's a tough tie. If again, John, if we can get through the first half without any troubles, then we can maybe have the quality to finish them off. But it's a tough one. I would say it's a tough game. Uh, Bromley were also delayed on the trains this week, and they lost for the third time in four as they went down at Solihull Moors and all uh, shot for them in the cup. And you saw firsthand the other day just just how good they are these days, all shot. Well, it didn't have to be that great to beat Dover, to be honest. Um, yeah, it wasn't that everything. Yeah, all the shot. I'm not surprised. We gave him, you know, gave him a couple of goals in there, and only got Tom three 0 at home by Hartlepool. So shows the nature of the uh, National League uh, from that point of view. Probably a good at home. I don't. I don't think. I think all the shot will struggle this season a little bit because I don't think they've got the quality in the final third. Um, I fancy probably to get through on that. Um, and it, but it was nice to see the nicest man in football, my good friend. Mitch Walker after the game he came out to see me in his towel so that shows how popular I am with him well indeed that's uh, another alarming uh, thing <laughs> in the life and times of Matt Gerrard um, elsewhere in the FA Cup on Saturday I think you're going to Maidstone against Kings Langley and, and the Stones uh, will be red hot favourites for that one 
Yes, um, they've had a couple of good ties, haven't they, mate? Saying all three um, rounds they've been in have been at home. Um, they're a bit lucky against Hitchin, seems to be the consensus. But Kings Langley, from what your stat you gave me, John, had never reached this stage before. Kings Langley, which is in Hertfordshire, did you say? Yeah. Buckinghamshire. Hertfordshire. So I think they're a league below, aren't they? Doing eight, well, they're in the north, well, they're in the northern, well, the southern central division, aren't they? So but they, not many of us. What I will say, they, they did spank Folkestone in an earlier round of this competition. Yeah. So, yeah, so the folks are having a good season as we know at the top of the division. So, um, you thought Maidstone at home, uh, good record, good recent record in the FA Cup. The fans are wanting to get through. All the pressure on them should have enough against Kings Langley. But um, if there's going to be a shock, it could be there. But Maidstone have to be on their metal there. But uh, as draws go, they'll be quietly pleased. But they probably don't know too much about them because I don't, apart from folks that, uh, you know, I've never really hoped. As they're southern based, they might not have played many of the side, known too much about them, even though they've got Harry Crawford, who did have a spell with Dartford and Dover over the years. But yeah, it should be should be enough for Maystone to get through. If, if Maystone are going to get anywhere, they need to be beating Kings, like teams like Kings Langley at home in the FA Cup. And that just leaves us with uh, Mark Gate, who are away to Oxford City in the uh, in the fourth qualifying round. Uh, Oxford, who obviously lost to Dartford on Saturday. Uh, last year, they did get to the second round where they played Notts County. Um, but Margate, they're taking a lot of fans over there and, and they're on the crest of a wave, really, in the FA Cup because we, we didn't think they would get through at Salisbury, but they, they got through and they got through in style. So, um, Jay Saunders, will we have nothing to lose up at Oxford? I think that it, it, when I saw the draw, it, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a decent draw for them. Better than I've got feel more confident than they were than when I went to see them against Salisbury. Well, so when they drew Salisbury, Oxford not putting up many trees. They lost their main striker Shamanga, who went to uh, Bournemouth in the summer. Margate will have Cadell Daniel back, who seems to be their key man. They'll be strong, they'll be organised, and it'll be great for 17 years if they at least can bring them back to Hartsdown Park for a replay from that. But Margate will go there. I say a lot of fans are going to be going now. Over 100, 150, I think, fans are going. So they'll be well supported. And fingers crossed, it'll be absolutely great for the club. And great for Jay Saunders if they can do it. Yeah, uh, we'll move on then from the FA Cup to the FA Trophy, uh, which started for a lot of our uh, Isthmian League South East teams. It also ended uh, for a lot of our Isthmian League South East teams on Saturday, unfortunately. Uh, I would describe the results as pretty disappointing. Uh, Sitting Bournemouth 1-0 winners over South Park and Sitting Bournemouth manager Chris Lynch, uh, obviously friend of the show, has been putting a couple of videos up showing the spirit that his sides showed in that victory. 157 people up at Woodstock Park as well, which is a decent attendance for them. Uh, however, a bit of a, a well, a bit of a roll of shame in, in several other places, though Phoenix Sports were 2 winners over Burgess Hill Town. Um, we had a 5-0 defeat for Herne Bay at Berkhamstead. Uh, a 4-1 home defeat for VCD Athletic against AFC Sudbury. Uh, there were replays for Seven Oaks Town on Tuesday night. They lost home to Aylesbury. Whitstable beaten 1-0 at Ware after extra time. And yes, yeah, it, it, it didn't go that well. But one team who are through to the next round are Ashford United. Uh, they were 2-0 winners at Whitton Town on Tuesday night after uh, extra time again after a 2-2 draw at Homelands on Saturday and I caught up with manager Tommy Warrillow literally just before I spoke to Matt so Matt's not heard this but uh, Tommy started by talking about that game against Whitton Town You know when we had a little bit of experience in the Ryman North when we went over to Cray um, so we knew what to expect and um, last night it was exactly what we expected it was a real tough battle very uh, a physical game um, not the best pitch in the world and uh, the lads really showed another, like I said, another side of our game where we can dig in and and mix it if we want. I mean, we've all got the 3G at home, so we want to try and play some nice football. Um, but when you go to uh, grounds uh, like the Whitton ground last night, it's no disrespect to them. But, you know, I know everyone wants to play pretty football, but um, sometimes circumstances dictate. And last night was a classic example of that. Yet, to be honest, we played better football last night than we did on Saturday because we it was nowhere near it on Saturday. So uh, uh, the most important thing, like they say, is a result. And at least we come back with that. Yeah, I mean, I've been over there myself with him a couple of times. And it is one of those places, isn't it? It's a, it's a small ground. And, and like you say, the pitch is sometimes not the best. So, you know, to, to come out of that, you've got to be pleased. Oh, delighted. I mean, a clean sheet. Um, I mean, our fitness like was excellent um, going into extra time. Um, so, 
we expected a tough ride. You know, we was very, very, very disappointed with Saturday. Um, we just wasn't at the races, and we'd come away with a draw. They've nicked a 94th minute equaliser, um, and obviously. You know, they were celebrating like they'd won the tie. And um, I reminded the lads of that because it was an horrible feeling. We had no extra time on Saturday, which was our fault um, for not asking for it. But um, obviously, we, we went to their place and obviously took them, took them to extra time and, and got a clean sheet and a, and a, and a very, you know, an important win. Because the FA Trophy, I think all non-league teams, is one of them that you really want to try and have a go at. But um, you're dictated by the luck of a draw. <laughs> Well, you've done all right in the next round, though. I mean, Bart, Barton Rovers, who are the same level as you, that's, that's all you can kind of ask for, isn't it? Yeah, but, I mean, they've beat Chichester, um, who were sort of up around the top of our league, 4-2 in the previous round. So, again, um, no you know, no mugs. There's, it's just a hard game. Every game's a hard game at this level, especially when you mix teams from different leagues because they're different styles, different um, different types of player. So, um, when we're at home, which is the most important thing and what we don't want to do, is, um, is do it with it and have to go to Barton on a Tuesday night. It's interesting you say about the FA Trophy being a competition that you're keen to go far in. For me, it always seems a bit of a, a strange one because teams at your level probably aren't going to win it. So, you know, and the motivate, you know, there's not the big prize money this for the FA Cup, but it's, it's just get, putting your name out there, I suppose. It's just, I mean, it, there is money in it, so obviously that comes into it, but you just don't know. I mean, sometimes you do get underdogs that, you know, go all the way to a cup final. Um, and on our day, we, you know, we're, we're a good side. We've got players that can play at a high level or have played at a high level, um, and you shouldn't be in awe of anyone. I mean, like I said, whether you're playing a team at the top or a team down the bottom, if you take your foot off the gas, you'll come unstuck whoever it's against, and that's what we did on Saturday. Um, we, I think we took it for granted that we was going to win because we started off really well, and then we got complacent and lazy and fair play to Whitton. They've dug in and come away with a draw. But, um, you know, listen, there's no reason why we can't go all the way in this competition. Obviously, there's some massive clubs in it, but like I said, it's about the luck of a draw. Um, but if you do get a big club, then you're sort of half one as well because you should get a big gate, big gate money, and like you say, it gives the it gives the club a bit of kudos, which helps attract new fans. And league wise, one defeat so far, but you've won all the rest. You got you got to be pleased with the start of the season, especially because you have got games in hand on the teams above you. Yeah, we've started. Um, we have, you know we've not been brilliant. We've been honest with everyone. We've not been brilliant, but we've been chalking off results. Um, and we've been winning games, um, but there's, there's still there's there's a lot lots more to come from us. But as long as we keep winning games, like I said to all the lads after every game, we address how we win it afterwards. But um, but to play six and they lose one, um, and be in the FA Trophy, and I think we're up the top of, the, of that velocity league we're in at the moment. And and we went out the FA Cup to a team from a league above that really we should have been we should have buried in the first twenty minutes. We should have been three or four nil up. So there's lots of positives to come from a, a really good start of a season. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're a little bit frustrated because we can play a lot, lot better than what we are. But, um, you know, the start, when you look at it on paper, is, is uh, you know, we can't we can't complain about that at all. How hard was it for you over the summer? Because obviously you lost in the playoff final, which is always hard to get over. And then you saw Sam Korn and, and Dan Parrish move on as well. So you obviously had to replace them. So it must it, you must be really pleased that after that you've started so well. Well, it wasn't just them. It, we lost nine players from last year. Um, so it was a complete rebuild nigh on. Um, at the end of the day, the, you know, like I keep saying to everyone, our audience has changed. You know, the, the, the budget wasn't the same as last year. Um, and that's not a problem. We just had to deal with it and be patient. At one point, we only had seven players signed. But, but you know, again, I suppose it's a little bit of experience that sometimes Sometimes people don't get what they want and then at the latter part of the pre-season players become available and we didn't just go and pick anyone we've got good players and a good squad um, and you're at a stage now where players aren't going to be happy at the club they've gone to so again your phone rings now and if it's better than what we've got then we'll, we'll improve on it but to rebuild and have the start we have with really a fresh you know a fresh squad um, yeah we are happy with because it's never ever going to be um, easy to do that and also we've had a stop start because we had an unfortunate incident at Whiteleaf and then we had a postponement of the game um, so we've never really got a run of games going and we're hoping that we can sort of get that now rather than um, the stop start um, month we had last month Obviously um, I know managers never like to single out players but David Smith top goal scorer in the division he's a player that obviously we know he's got massive potential and now he seems to be realising it with you 
Well, he's yet. Dave's come in. He's, people forget he's only 20. Um, he's an honest lad. He works works tirelessly up front. Um, he just begins to get a little bit frustrated and tries too hard. But he's a good lad, and, and I think he's got a, a good future in the game. Um, we've put him on a contract so he can just concentrate on his football. But, um, but Jay May's been outstanding as well up there. And obviously playing with someone like Jay, Dave can learn off of and, and listen to. But um, in all, you know, the pair of them have been a real handful up there. So um, he's got all the goals and all the headlines. But believe you me, Jay May's chipped in and helped out massively with um, with Dave's game. And um, and Dave will only get better. But it's important that he just calms down. He's only played six games. It's going to be a long season. Um, and I expect him to get, you know, I said to him, I don't want the 20 mark. I expect you to hit 30 goals this season. But just take your time. I mean, he's missed two penalties, which could be on his chalk, you know, chalk on it. His list. So um, the boy, you know, he's, he's a confident, confident boy. But at the same time, when things aren't going right and you get frustrated, is the most important thing is you don't lose your confidence. And we're just trying to install that into him, just to relax and enjoy his football, and don't worry about um, any sort of dream moves or whatever. Because um, he needs to stand still this season after his year at Dover last year, where he benefited from training every day. But obviously, he never had no game time at the end of it. So this season's about him getting lots of game time. And then um, and I, I think he might be pleasantly surprised what the outcome of it is at the end of the season if he carries on doing what he's doing. And obviously this weekend, uh, second place, Seven Oaks Town take on third place, Ashford United. It's a, a massive game, that one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's you can win two games and drop down places. And I mean, they're all, it, is, it is a big game. Obviously, at the moment, you look at the league and that is a big game. But... Um, in, in two months' time, it might not be a big game. So we've just got to go there and, again, we treat it like every every other game we've got. We know it's going to be a difficult side. We know that they've started well. We, we know they've got flair players and, on paper, some very, very good players. So um, we've just got to get the boys in tomorrow night. Um, not working them too hard after the last night's late night, but we just need to go through some stuff and touch up on some bits that, like I said, you know, we, we've had a fantastic start, but we're not getting carried away because we're, we're no by nowhere near um, firing on all cylinders and we know there's a lot lot more to come from them. Your fans, um, I know they all look forward to games against Seven Oaks, and, and they're going to be there in numbers on Saturday and I guess as always the Ashford fans are, are superb for you. Oh, listen, like I said, I think I, I keep saying to the boys, we're not just at a football club where you come along and well, if you lose, you lose. Um, oh, it doesn't matter and there's, there's a lot of expectations down here. Um, and these boys have got to deal with that. That's why they signed here. That's why they're, you know, we've set them targets. Um, and the fans are, you know, you don't get crowds like we in our league that we get at Ashford. You know, they're beginning to pick up again, but they travel in their numbers. And I think anyone who knows the history of the Kent football scene knows that potentially there's a massive club there waiting to to uh, to sort of be reborn again. And we're hoping to do that over the next few seasons. He's doing a great job there, Tommy Warlow. Interesting to hear, you know, nine players he lost over the summer. Such a big, big rebuilding job he's had to do. And he says there, Matt, that they're not even playing that well, but the results are, are showing pretty good form. Yeah, I think um, you said about Asterix, Tommy Warlow is a decent manager. He's managed up the Conference South, was linked with Conference National jobs when he was doing a good job at Tunbridge Angels. He was out of it for a bit. He had the problems with... Um, uh, with Thamesmead, wasn't he, when, it, when they went bust and he was involved. He's gone to Ashford, changed the side around, lost a few players, lost Sam Corn, and nearly got him on the cusp of promotion last season. So, you know, I think he, he, he's doing a good job and he's a proper football man. And it's, I know the snippets you told me in there, he, he thinks the FA Trophy is a decent competition, which um, I don't think, it, you know, it's good to hear managers think that way, that way it should be. But yeah, got a lot of time for Tommy and he's doing a good job for um, Ashford. Eventually, when they can't start, Catching up on their league games. How many league games they played? Ridiculous low amount. Six, yeah. And we're in nearly November. So um, hopefully that won't catch up on them when they're catching up on their games. But I definitely expect them to be in the playoffs. And maybe you can carry on this good form, keep the form and fitness. They can get promotion. When was the last time Ashford were in the uh, Isthmian Premier League, which would be a, a fantastic achievement for them? Yeah, I mean, the most anyone's played in that league is eight. Uh, and Whiteleaf, who are still in the FA Cup, have only played four league games uh, on the 16th of October, which is absolutely staggering. Uh, this Saturday, we'll talk about the rest of the fixtures later, but Tommy did mention it there. Um, for me, the biggest league game in the county this weekend, second place, Seven Oaks against third place, Ashford. Yeah, big game. Um, there'll be plenty of um, fight, fight in there. A couple of players would have played for... Um, 
both clubs uh, on the 3G. I think um, Tommy will look there to go there, put down a marker because Seven Lakes having a good season as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a really good game. Hopefully, they get a decent crowd there as well. So, full of blood, full of thunder. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top on that one. But I expect it to be a cracking game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, going back to the FA Trophy, because I'm flip-flopping a little bit because that's the way I do. As we already know, Ashford will play Barton Rovers in the next round. Uh, looking through the rest of the draw, it's Sittingbourne against Tooting and Mitcham. Uh, Morden and Tiptree against Cray Wanderers. Now, that's a tough little tie for Cray Wanderers. You enter the competition at this stage, as do Margate and Folks and Victor. Uh, I should have done better research. Uh, Folks and Victor will be at home to Lewis uh, of the same league level as them. Margate will travel to Barking, which is a, a tricky little tie. Uh, as well for them. I mean, a, a, a league below, but you know, and our friends Kings Langley, Matt, they're going to be on the show again because they've got Phoenix Sports in the next round. Uh, unfortunately, none of our teams got your favourites, firm of solicitors, which I now know isn't your joke uh, as they will play Truro City. Um, but um, Phoenix Sports against Kings Langley, that they might be confident of getting a result there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'll do my Kings Langley homework and see what it from that point of view. So after the next round of the Conference South sides come in, probably they do, don't they? So um, we'll get know. a little bit deeper into this competition. Or is there another round before that? I don't know. Uh, right, hang on. Let me have a look. This is first round. So yeah, it must be November. What dates are these being played? The week second? 26th of October, Probably. the first round qualifying game. So that lot. So there must be, and then, so there must so, be yeah, another, uh, no, no, another no round before they come in. in. No one comes in at this stage. Uh, and then the third round qualifying, so there will be, and that's when the teams come in. So, no, it's another two rounds before the big boys come in. Big so, boys. Yeah. So, hopefully, big boys, if they're showing any interest in this competition, which will be interested to see. So, uh, well, hopefully, Ashford have got the right men, my mentality in this competition, maybe looking to go deep in it. Hopefully, they can do. Yeah, and if, I, if we have missed anyone out there, uh, I am really sorry, but I am literally looking at a, uh, a list of fixtures in front of me uh, and just kind of guessing. But I think that's everybody covered who made it through because obviously some teams went out already. Uh, Cray Valley PM, they lost 5-2 to Morden and Tiptree. That was the other team I did see. And High Town were beaten 2-1 by Hastings United. I think that is everybody. Uh, and again, what an awful, awful lack of research uh, that has been. Uh, elsewhere, you've, you've only had four hours sleep, John, so people can, as you keep telling me, so respect for you for that. Yeah, thanks, mate. Uh, I, I'd like to just go to sleep now, uh, much like when you were yawning earlier on during this <laughs> podcast. Uh, in the in the Isthmian League Premier Division, Folkestone are flying high. They are four points clear at the top of the table after their victory on uh, Tuesday night when they overcame Chesson by four goals to two at the Fulix. Um, and it's going really, really well for folks. Now, a little bit of a blip. It looked like they were, they were sort of struggling for a little bit, but a 1-0 win at Corinthian Casual on Saturday, followed up by that victory. You can't complain, can you? No, I think uh, scoring goals brought another striker in, I see. Neil Cugley had a bit of a blip when they lost away from home, as you mentioned there, but they're good at home. Keep it going. I know they'd, they'd probably take... If you sold them, they'd drop a few points. If they could still be in the FA Cup, they'd probably take that. But um, yeah, it's going really, really well for them. And um, yeah, I'm absolutely uh, yeah, I'm delighted for Neil Cuggley. Got to keep it going now, Folkestone. But they should they should be up there by the end of the season. Can they do it? It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, elsewhere in the uh, Isthmian League Premier Division at the weekend, uh, Margate were beaten by one goal to nil at Harringay Borough. Cray Wanderers lost 5-3 at home to Enfield Town. But Cray bounced back on Tuesday night with a 2-1 win at Merstham. And Joe Taylor is a man in form. I think it's 14-12 in 12 for the former Ramsgate, Margate, uh, Dumpton Park, and Brooklyn. No, Ramsgate, Margate and folks and striker Joe Taylor in great form. Yeah, every time I see the Cray Valley Twitter come up and there's a picture of him celebrating a goal. So, yeah, I say we always liked him as a striker. Um, again, could he do it at a higher level? Well, I thought he could do because he's, he's a good player. I don't know how old he is now, 26, 27. Yeah. So he's been around it, proven goal scorer at, at, um, at that level. Um, and I'm absolutely delighted for them, really. So um, I'm surprised well, that record, some other sides higher up the pyramid may be having a look at him and thinking, well, can he do it in Conference South from that point of view? So fair play to him, but he's banging the goals in and Cray there at attacking side. If you want to see goals in, uh, in, in the Isthmian Premier or whatever we're calling it these days, uh, go and watch Cray because they do score some goals. He did mean Cray Wanderers, by the way. They're not Cray Valley, which is what he just said. Sorry, yeah, uh, sorry. I know there's a lot of people out there. You know what I mean. 
you know, notice these things. I don't, we really are quite crap at this. I don't know why people listen. <laughs> uh, um, this weekend, in obviously we know Margate are in FA Cup action. Folks in Victor at home to Bognor Regis and Cray Wanderers are just up the road from me at Lewis, which I probably would have gone to, to be honest, if I'd uh, if I'd not had other offers elsewhere. Sense has broken out, Matt. I know we're running out of time. Um, but Margate have rearranged their game with Leatherhead that was postponed last week due to a closure on the M2. Uh, that was probably Dover's fault as well. Um, they've rearranged that game with Leatherhead for the Saturday before Christmas when neither of them had a bloody game. Good work. Why well, they? What well, maybe the? the uh... Uh, the Roman League or the, the Bet Victor will be saying well that's why we do these things to give these clubs a chance but um, absolutely perfect a little bit nice down in Margate go and have a look watch the uh, go and look, see the Christmas lights and watch the football afterwards what a perfect time for all their fans to go there <laughs> what a time to be alive Saturday in the FA Basen wasn't too bad a 1-1 draw between the top two in the scaffold Chatham Town against Beckham Town the replay is on Wednesday night after we've recorded this uh, Glebe were 5-3 winners at Peacehaven. Punjab United, though, went out 3-0 at home to Newhaven. Rostal went out 2-0 at home to Lansing. Sheppey United against Corinthian ended 2-0 to the visitors there as well. At Sutton Common Rovers made it through 5-1 against Snodland Town. And it was the same score in the, in the game between Wellingtown and Irith and Belvedere, which was obviously a fixture that we spoke about uh, before when the draw was made. And then on Sunday, uh, it was Kennington 4, Crowbar Athletic 2, and Southall 4, Tunbridge Wells 4 after extra time. A 97th minute equaliser for Southall, earning a replay. And that replay panned out pretty well, unfortunately for us, for the visitors with Southall winning that game by three goals to one uh, on Tuesday night, which is a, a frustration for Tunbridge Wells. Disappointingly, a couple of all scaffold tyres again uh, in the next round as well. So- not going to win any awards, is it? It's, it's not, not going to no, but it, I'm going to be editing this a long time, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> there were games in the Scaffold Premier Division over the weekend as well, of course. Bearsted 1, Lordswood 2, Hollands and Blair, Neil, Canterbury City 3, and K-Sports 3, AFC Croydon 1. In the First Division, it was Croydon 2, Meridian VP 2, Holmesdale 2, Greenways nil, uh, Rochester United 2, Lidtown 1. Sutton Athletic 3, Forest Hill Park 1. We just mentioned Lidtown. So we'll talk about Lidtown, uh, or pers- more specifically, uh, your work colleague's grandson who plays for Lidtown. And towards the end of that game with Rochester United on Saturday, he talked himself into a little bit of trouble. Uh, Josh Coombs is his name. He's in the Maidstone United Academy system. He's spending his season playing men's football at Lidtown. And we're going to hear now about that experience for him and also about his simbinning. Got Josh Coombs on the line. People who have listened to the pod before have known that uh, a lady I work with, her grandson's um, playing for Lid Town in the Scaffold Second Division. And I've got Josh on the phone. Thanks for for the quick chat, Josh. Just tell us a bit about yourself. You're at Maidstone Academy, and you're you're 18 years of age. Is that, is that right? Yes, yeah, so I've been at Maidstone Academy for a, a year now. I've just turned 18, so it's time to join join the adult team in the men's league. So yeah, I went down to Lid Town and Liam signed me on for the year. Did you, you sort of, at the academy at Maystone, you sort of play games in the week against um, boys a similar age of you. Did, did Maystone say to you, you need to go out, because you're a central defender, you need to go out and, and play against in men's league? Was that was the, the, the consensus from them? Yeah, that was the key message from uh, the manager after the last year. It was said, performances have been good, but if you want to join, if you want to get into the first team at Maystone, you need to go out and get yourself some men's football to toughen you up, you know, start to realise how the game changes from academy level to men's league football. Yeah, again, I've never played at football at level, but the Scaffold Second Division, it's probably tight. You're probably against, you know, people maybe double your age, experienced who've been playing, played a lot of games at that level. How much of a learning curve has it been? As a central defender, you're probably in a in plenty of action as well of centre forwards digging you in the ribs. Was it a, a big learning curve for you when you started playing the games? Oh, it's been huge. So that's, it's been the best experience so far in my football career, I think. It's, um, it's really helped me out. I've seen the performances at Maystone also go up as well whilst playing at Lid. You know, it's, you've got a, it's a totally different game, more tactical-based, rather than just you know about progress and learning. everyone's more committed. It means, it means, I suppose for the players at that Lid Town, it's a decent level to play at football. It, it means much to them. Have you come up against some you know, tough 
um, centre forwards were uh, trying to put it on you, trying to get in your head and things like that? Have you found? Well, even yeah, even my first game in the league was against Thamesmead, and they had a big striker who the whole game was just you know grabbing the shirt and straight away it was just a learning curve of what this league was going to be like. How I'd, how I'd need to adapt my performances to actually do well in this league against the strikers that are going to pin me all the time. How, how do you think you've adapted your game as well? As you mentioned, it was a learning curve for you. Have you had to sort of learn the, the tricks of the trade that they that these other players are playing, using? Yeah, well, obviously I've been playing with, like you said, men that have been experienced playing at this sort of level for a while now. So just been talking to them, how they do, how they deal with it. You know, just got to be more clever when, when I put that tackle in and like when I go to tackle rather than just go straight in, gun high. Yeah. What's the, um, you do a bit of training at least, what's the, what are the lads like down there? If they welcome you into the fold, a young lad coming in, working his way in the game? Yeah, Liz have got loads of young players coming through the ranks and it's been really welcoming. Now, everyone there really wants the best for you, everyone wants to perform well and they want Lid ultimately to do well this year. So, yeah, it's you, really good. The results have turned around recently. Have you been pleased with the performances? Has there been a... a an improvement curve, do you think, on your, your performances since the start of the season? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, we had a rocky start. You know, the team didn't really form until a couple of weeks into the end of pre-season. You know, like Rustle, Stansfield were pretty poor performances. But, you know, to take points from Kennington and Elmstead recently, it's been a real turning point for all of us. Yeah. Do you... Do you um, what about the fitness side? Do you, do you have to... Do you see... The games you play on a, on a midweek with Maidstone, do you, are the players a lot fitter on a on a weekend when you play for for for, for, for Lid? I don't know if they would be a lot fitter in terms of like running agility, being like that. I think the academy football still has that edge over it, but in terms of the physical side of the game, like strength and stuff like that, yes, I think Lid and like that league has it. About uh, Maystone. Yeah. Also, um, we talk about simbins on the um, on the show as well, and I, I spoke to you now the weekend, and you, and you were simbin at the weekend. Is that correct? That is correct. With two minutes to play, I was simbin for the referee. Yeah. What? How does that? How does that work? I, I presume um, you used a little bit of descent towards the referee, and what did he say to you? Does he, does he bring out a yellow card and then send you to the simbin? But I presume your game's over at that point. Yeah. Well, usually um, it's ten minutes like you have to go off the pitch for 10 minutes obviously with me going off oh, with two minutes left to play I wasn't coming back on but I think I think my sim bin at the weekend was harsh I think uh, all I was asking the referee was why is it why is that not a foul because he was three yards away watching their centre back basically hug me from a free kick um, so I wasn't too happy about it I didn't use any bad language towards him I was a bit raised in tone of voice but I think it was a bit harsh, but yeah. Have you, have you, have you had, has your side had many sim bins this season? And, and have they and have other sides had sim bins against you as well? And tactically, do you have to change at that point? Yeah, um, tactically, you definitely have to change. Obviously, if you're ten minutes is a long old time, especially as in the second half of the game when you might be with your back to the door. Um, we have had a couple of sim bins, not too many so far. Um, I mean, yeah, it does. It does have a massive impact on the game. Yeah. And going forward for you, you're, you're at Maidstone. You've got another year there. What, you know, if I spoke to you in five years' time, where would you, where would I like to see Josh Coombs be? <laughs> well, I'd like to probably be being paid to play football. Really, that's the dream. Whatever level would be great. Just yeah, just playing football full time would be brilliant. And, and any other message for any of your youngsters out there who are in academy football, if they've got the opportunity to play? A, at a level with, with with men, so to speak, what would you what would you say to them? I said, hundred percent, go for it, because it has been the best experience so far for me in terms of my football development. So, I'd just go for it, really. And, and yourself, you looking forward to the rest of the season with Lid as well? Yeah, it's going to be good. It's been really good so far. We'll see how we get on. And a shout out, well, a bit of a shout out for your nan who comes to watch you every single gamer. She's she's been enjoying it as well, hasn't she? She still doesn't understand the game, but yeah, she's all right. <laughs> it's good to have that support. Well, thanks for joining us, Josh. And, um, Thank you. And we'll look out for you there. I'll, I'll get updates from your nan. How are you doing?
very level-headed young man, Matt, and uh, I enjoyed listening to that. I thought that he, he made some good points. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you know, I've met him once before when he came to see his nan at the office here, and uh, I've got to talk to him about his football. Tall, thin, centre-half. He said he, he, that's his aim, is, is he said in that, is to earn a bit of money playing football. And when I was speaking to him about what we you now I watched a lot of football, we, you know, you know, if you're out there, and I admire him for that because it's very easy to play academy football and he's gone out, found a club in Lid and he's playing against tough players. This weekend, I think he got Beckenham in the, in, the, in the competition, so a league above. And I think he said, and even in his, in his nan, you know, he admitted at the end he's not a football fan, how he's improved, his strength's improved. And it can only, you know, a lot of games have had some heavy defeats, but I think it, it makes his character grow. And I think it, I admire him for doing this, the going out. It's very easy. I think in academy he's shone in the game, but going to Lids down, getting you getting kicked, you getting ting, uh, punched probably, you know, just how it works at that level of football, and it's toughening him up. So from that point of view, and he got a sim bid as well, which is good. So I think he, 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 when he really came into the little thing is what his nan said. He was quite quiet and meek, but he's grown into that role. And you know, if you can give the referee some a bit of abuse, not that we're saying sim bidding is the way forward, it shows that. He's learning and growing, which I think that's what his loan could do, and hopefully that can benefit Maidstone as well. Exactly. Uh, this weekend in the uh, for the, our scaffold teams is the Kent Senior Trophy. Uh, we have Irith Town against Meridian VP, Lid Town against Beckenham Town, Kennington against Rochester United, Wellington against Glebe, Corinthian against Deal Town, Kent Football United against FC Elmstead, Ride and Ropes against Sutton Athletic, West Wickham against Chatham Town. Punjab United versus Greenways, Sheppey United at home to Snodland Town, it's Holmesdale against SC Thamesmead, Beerstead against Rustall, Hollands and Blair against Greenwich Borough, Fisher against Lewisham Borough, and K-Sports against Tunbridge Wells. Uh, and then there's a load of fixtures in midweek as well, K-Sports against Chatham on Monday night, and then Tuesday night, Corinthian against Greenwich Borough, these were league games in the Scaffold Premier. The Irith Derby, Irith and Belvedere against Irith Town, uh, Glebe against Crowborough, Lordswood against Deal Town, Sheppey United against Beersid and Tunbridge Wells versus AFC Croydon. Uh, Wednesday night, Wellington against Fisher. That must be a full programme uh, next midweek uh, of, in the Scaffold uh, League Premier Division. Um, we should also just talk very quickly about Chatham Town, Matt. I know your lunch hour is nearly over, but uh, Scott Lindsay uh, looks to me like that's a very good appointment from them. And, and what an opportunity for him as well to come in manager of a team that's already near the top of the league that's, that's, you don't get those vacancies come up very often do you? No of course we linked him heavily with a tougher job so did I, I we? put my hands up in the so I did sorry didn't no, um, so I put my hands up saying he, I thought he'd get that as he was leaving coming from Forest Green Rovers yeah I think he's a good coach Scott Lindsay probably working at a level that lower than he should be but good luck to Chapman from that point of view seems to be some um, ramifications in the boardroom that the previous manager's gone but Scott's got to go in there it'll make players better and he likes playing football the right way so Chatham will continue to, to play football I fully expect them now if they've got his quality through the season to maybe get promoted and back to the level where they really should be yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think looking at that, I, I was surprised. I think that is a bit of a coup uh, for Chatham and a bit of a coup for for the scaffold itself, really, to get a manager who's been at that at the level, you know, so recently. And when he said he was leaving for Oshkin, yeah, I know it was for family reasons, but I think none of us would really have expected that it'd end up in the scaffold. Chatham second in the table, uh, but they are five points behind the leaders, Beckenham, uh, and do have <laughs> and Beckenham do have two games in hand, uh, such as been their fine start to the season. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great opportunity for for Scott Lindsay to to sort of set down a marker and and you know a great opportunity for Chatham Town to get a manager of that calibre into the club. All right, it's nearly the end of Matt Giles' on Charles, so we do have to wrap it up now. Uh, well, thank you to everybody for listening. Thanks to Tommy Warrillow and thanks to Josh Coombs for speaking to us here on this week's Kent Normally podcast. Thanks to me for editing this because that's going to be a bloody hard job later on. Uh, and thanks, of course, to my co-host Matt Gerard who patiently waited. Uh, while I was chatting to Tommy Warlow for the show. Uh, don't forget, as always, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter, at Kent NL Podcast, on Facebook, at Kent Non-League. Uh, you'll be able to also hear us on the radio on Monday night. I can't even remember what we're doing. Something about women in sport, isn't it, Matt? That's it, yeah. We've got uh, women, if you're... We're getting women involved in coaching, administration in football, so that'll be on uh, Monday night. Smashing, that sounds like a good listen. I'll be certain to tune in. I'll, I'll, I'll be there. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for listening and we will speak to you all next week for episode 96, nearly at the 100.
episode 96 has got to be better than 95. We've done some shows on this, John, but that's probably one of the worst, as in our correspondence together. <laughs>